connect with God in nature. Welcome. You are listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Perry. Here you'll find inspirational stories that will motivate you to get outside, enjoy nature, and connect with God. I am so excited to be here today with Emily Machado. She has been a longtime friend, I guess. we. My family went on a trip for a year. We took a motorhome and traveled the United States, and she is one of the first people that we met her and her lovely family in South Dakota when that's where they were living. So, and we were able to stay with them. So it's been a blessing to know her. So I'm going to read a little brief bio about her. She says she's a mom of four kids. She has two batches. She has two older boy and girl and then two younger boy and girl, which is fun. She says, I love adventure and traveling and having something to look forward to and work hard for. I love helping, helping others and enjoy my two Labradoodles. All things Harry Potter and Middle Earth. Enjoy teaching seminary for our church and gospel learning, but enjoy a break from secular learning. She has a pre-med degree. She loves biology, anatomy, and patient care. Her and her her husband, Joe Bob, is a chemical engineer. And so because of that, they're going to be moving to Washington. They live in Illinois right now. So a lot of nature all around. She says... We are so excited to be close to the mountains and the ocean, both of which my feed my soul tremendously. I love that because I love the ocean and the mountains. <laughs> There's blessings with both. So is there anything you could add to that, Emily? Yeah, just tag along to what you said. I mean, it's it's too hard to choose oceans or mountains. I remember asking myself that question, friends and family, like, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? Well, I want to live someplace that's mountains and ocean. And I always just thought of California. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to live in California. (laughs) (laughs) It was very expensive. And then um, places we have lived, you know, I lived in Denver and I, I really liked that. But the mountains there actually felt kind of like distant to me. And so when we ended up in South Dakota in the Rapid City area, um, I thought I was going to the middle of nowhere and it's going to be miserable. But it's gorgeous. The Black Hills are just amazing. They just felt yeah. really intimate. It felt like I could just go and be right there, right in the wilderness, right with God's creations or with just dramatic beauty, like the needles at Custer State Park and or the lakes and swimming in lakes and not being afraid of water moccasins like in Texas. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And there is a special spirit there. In Rapid City, too. Yes. I feel a lot, too, because of the American Indian population there. Yes. Like if you go up to uh, Crazy Horse National Monument and just the things you learn. And I, you know, I finished my degree there at, um, at School of Mines. And I took some classes on Native American studies and just just the rich, rich history there is just fascinating with the reservations all around and culture and the people. It's just, and I think a lot of that is a lot of the spiritual um, strength you feel is from that history there too. Yeah. Cause I feel yeah. like their culture really recognized God, you know, yeah. and the black Hills and things like that. Sacred land. What an amazing opportunity to study them like their culture and be right there. Yeah. 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 I feel like I had some really good um, professors and, you know, they weren't just like painting a picture of like, oh yes, we, you know, we treated 
you know, them historically fine. And this is just how it was. And it was important for assimilation. You know, it was just like, got down in the nitty gritty of like, you know, well, actually this hospital used to be an orphanage and kids were forced to go there, you know, and just different, different parts of things. But then also, um, yeah, just, you know, the history was from all over, you know, kind of learned about it. Native Americans from the East Coast and then to the Black Hills. And yeah, it was neat. Yeah, my sister-in-law actually married a, um, her husband is half Native American from the tribe there. And so he's got a lot of interesting, you know, take on things. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. You guys have traveled a lot. So you've experienced a lot of different cultures of, of types of areas and people, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's funny. So my husband, Joe Bob, and I, it's funny. It sounds like a really Southern name or something like that, but it's actually Portuguese. Really? His family, yeah, his family's from the Azores. He's the first uh, male in his line to graduate college and to not be a professional fisherman. Wow. People of the Azores, you know, in Portugal are great mm-hmm. seamen and fishermen. And, yep. But that's one of the things that's most exciting to him is we'll be living off the Columbia River and going fishing for steelhead okay yeah Yeah, he's super excited about that and getting out to catch the big fish in the ocean and yeah so even though he's not he's not a fisherman by trade it's in his blood sounds like oh yeah (laughs) yeah he can't escape it it's pretty funny on our honeymoon i remember like anywhere we stopped where there's a body of water he was just like i had to look and like watch it, or watch the water and uh he has this like thick dark curly hair and there's a breed of dog called a portuguese water dog i was like this is my husband he loves water and he's got this thick dark curly hair. <laughs> but yeah we have two labradoodles which i mentioned now because um so chloe my oldest daughter she um purchased a labradoodle saved up her babysitting money and because she discovered she was sadly allergic to dogs and she, oh. she wanted one that's more hypoallergenic mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic companion for her until she moved to utah and they already had enough dogs and so oh. now she's a fantastic companion to me but we had her have puppies with another poodle to create even more hypoallergenic uh-huh puppies labradoodles there was just this one little brown baby that was born the last puppy that was born and my husband just like took to it and like <laughs> just picked him up and loved him all the time his name is bruno but yeah but he's got the curly curly hair so he's got another little twin there but <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fun back to just the ocean and the mountains um yeah so it's just something about being in the mountains in the wilderness and just like the vastness just really like I don't know what it does it feels so exhilarating and I get so much energy but then also so much peace it's like nothing else in the world matters this is my purpose this is my place this is good not stressed and but I feel like the ocean does that in a totally different way as well you know just the yeah I used to have dreams about like powerful giant tsunami waves and things like that and I love I really love surfing I'm really not great at it at all but it's so fun (laughs) have you ever surfed before I've done it once and I wasn't successful so I would like to do it some more but we don't really live close to (laughs) good surfing areas so 
Right. Yeah. I started in Galveston. That's where I tried. That's Did you? It's just a really neat feeling like when you get on the board and then you catch the wave and it's just that you feel that connection with the power of the wave. Yeah. And pushing you towards the shore and feeling that balance. And that's fun. And then crashing is fun too. Yes. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. You can just dive in, right? You don't really. Yes. yes. Yeah. I was excited because I mentioned our honeymoon before we went to this little island off of Tahiti called Morea. Okay. So cute. It's a heart-shaped island. Oh, wow. And um, I was excited because I was like, oh, they're surfing there. I, I want to do some surfing. But it's the waves break on coral reef. Oh. So you like can't crash. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> then you'll just get cut up by the coral. So like, I'll pass. We'll just <laughs> and kayak and we decided we were going to be ambitious and ride around the island to go hike up a waterfall because mm-hmm. I really I really wanted to go hike up a waterfall and swim in a waterfall but it was a holiday there a local holiday and it was raining but we didn't bring water bottles so we were trying to get a drink of water and we we're really thirsty and thought we were <laughs> gonna die and then we pull over in this town and all the stores are closed because it's a holiday but we look and there's a little church building and we're like oh, and there's a hose off the church building and we're like oh. and so we go in I think my husband actually climbed the fence but <laughs> we got some water and we're like oh the church saved her life <laughs> yeah and we made it to the waterfall and hiked up it and my husband never lets me live this down but it was it was more like rocks with water kind of like skimming down it and it was kind of all algae and the okay. water was a little bit murky not quite what we pictured but I was like come yeah. on we're getting in we're gonna <laughs> waterfall. and uh he was like okay and then he starts getting in and then he's like squeals because there was like I don't know what he saw but he said it was like an alligator headed eel. Like, is <laughs> what his imagination saw, like this flesh eating eel creature in this river, this waterfall. And so he was like, I'm not swimming. <laughs> I just still had to go in to at least touch the waterfall and have that experience. But it was pretty funny. So, does he like to, so he likes fishing and things, but he doesn't like to be in the water? Or does he? Usually. <laughs> I don't know. Not, he would say, well, not with, you know, poisonous unknown creatures that are going to kill me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's, he's, I don't know. He likes it pretty well. Um, you know, snorkeling, you know, both of us, we couldn't get out of the water. We enjoyed it so much, but um, yeah. I was the one that got attacked by a fish when we were snorkeling. Like, he he was fine there so you know those pretty fish called trigger fish they're like really pretty like little pretty stripes kind of look like little parrot fish or something okay they have little teeth because i guess they bite off coral mm-hmm. and they're pretty territorial and so i was going near it and it comes up to me and it's like staring me down and like trying to like chase me away and i'm like oh wow i start I mean, it's only, you know, this big, it's not that big. So I'm trying to swim away from this fish and it bit my calf, like bit my leg. And like, oh. I had this little like bite mark from this. Oh my goodness. 
Threats of little tropical fish. <laughs> so maybe he is a little justified in his fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was snorkeling before, I had one that would just like kind of attack my goggles, but, but did get it. you? No. I guess your nose was covered with your yeah. goggles. Yeah. But I was like, you're this, you know, yeah. four, four inches tall, long. What are you gonna do to me? Yeah. <laughs> Eat some dinner. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Is there a reason for Azores you wanted to go there because of family history? Is is there uh other bucket also, type? Also just because it's incredibly beautiful, the pictures I've yeah. seen, just like the high cliffs and the green on top and the ocean. Beautiful. I'd say some other bucket list places I really want to would love to travel is Banff in Canada. Okay. Um, um, it's up in the mountains, like the Canadian Rockies. Um, we've watched this. That's Banff. on the Western side, right? The Midwestern, I guess. Yeah. I think it's North of Montana. Yeah. I'm not totally sure, <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, just beautiful steep mountains and um and there's a film festival they do every year the Banff film festival and they come out with a bunch of short films and they're all adventure films oh Um, all different categories you know some might be rock climbing another was this family that decided to canoe across the U.S. like up you know from I, I threw all the little rivers and lakes and all the way to the East coast, to the ocean. Wow. And just a bunch of cool stories. Um, very varied, but, um, also very inspiring. Um, and then, so that's based out of Banff and that'd be beautiful to see. Also on my bucket list, I'd love to go to New Zealand because like you read in my bio of all things middle earth <laughs> yeah to visit hobbiton and where they filmed the lord of the rings and just the gorgeous vistas and like huge mountains and it's just otherworldly just really beautiful thailand i want to go to thailand cool. uh my husband served his mission there so i'd have a born in translator right (laughs) we're planning to go hoping to go um because they're opening um the temple there the first temple in thailand should be opening in bangkok next year so we want to go there for that open house and then um go see the beaches and it'd be amazing to rock climb and then it's oh there's these rocks that go over the ocean and then you just drop into the ocean oh wow fall down that'd be wonderful do you rock climb i yeah i do i haven't done very much there is a climbing gym in peoria i've gone to a few times um i'm lucky because i started younger when i was about 12 um going to this outdoor adventure camp um, I think I was watching TV at home in Texas and there was advertisements for Outward Bound. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that. And I think I was 11. And my mom was like, yes, let's send you off to camp. Good, go. Too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was already climbing everything, like the chimney and stuff like that. And, um, so... Yeah, so I started going to this camp and learned to rock climb and mountain bike and 
when I was 12, I'd go there every summer in Colorado, um, kind of in the mountains in between Colorado Springs and Breckenridge. Okay. Up there. And, um, it, they had a, it was just such an amazing part of my life. It's just look, look on it very fondly with a lot of nostalgia because just, you know, so many adventures and you learn so much about yourself. And then, um, I eventually got to a point where I got to teach people too. So there was a program you learn to, you'd be on the work crew. So you do all the dishes and um, build, build trails and lots of hard work. And then you do that for a few years and then you can learn to intern. So they'll pay you like a teeny bit of money, but you do all like the grunt work, but then get to go on these trips and help with these things. And, okay. you know, learning. Is this as you were a teen? Yep. Okay. Yep. So from 12 years old until 20. Yep. And then kind of, so the last trip. Um, so yeah, so I eventually got to be trained in guiding rock climbing and leading wow. and setting up anchors and things like that. And did some amazing rock climbing in Wyoming and beautiful places. And I've got to go back and show that to my family some and backpacking in the wind river range in Wyoming. And, um, it was actually in, at this camp in OWA, like some, sometimes, um, we would like, they would let, let out the base camp to other camps that wanted to come. So like mm-hmm. Christian youth camps would come and use the facilities and camp in the area and go off and do little adventures kind of on their own thing. Um, and I went up to one of their campfires one time and, um, I didn't grow up, um, very religious. Um, I went to an Episcopal church when I was younger, but, um, yeah, more just, you know, wild, I guess <laughs> I grew up pretty wild. But when I was about 18 or so, um, maybe 17, yeah, I was talking with um, someone from a Christian church camp and they were really trying to express to me, like, you know, they were sharing their testimony with me of Jesus being their savior. And they're really trying to express to me, like, you know, haven't you ever done anything so hard, you know, that you just can't do it on your own and you need, you know, you need help. Well, that's what the savior is there for. And I just remember kind of being so baffled. I was like, well, then I just try harder. <laughs> and kind of, I was kind of like rude and arrogant. Like, <laughs> like you know, it's just, you just got to do better. And that's kind of how I felt for a while. But then I remember one summer later on, I was spending, I'm a really social person. I love, I get a lot of energy from friends and people. And, um, so I, I got to really try to make sure I spend some alone time, <laughs> but I was spending some alone time up on the side of the mountain on a boulder, just kind of sitting there, just in the middle of the Colorado mountains, you know, like the clouds were moving by and the trees were swinging in the wind, you know, the pine trees and the smell and then the birds and all of it. And I just kind of started thinking about it. And I had been in like a high school philosophy class and, you know, thinking about all different ideas of God uh, or no God. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just had this just really powerful feeling just looking around that was like this is god like god did create all of this and god is here in all of this beauty in all of this nature and 
that God is love. I just had that sentence come very clearly in my mind. God is love. And that's, it's all here. Yeah. That was just a really powerful experience for me. (laughs) And I, I I loved it and it was, it was um, great. But, you know, a few years later, when I started talking with some missionaries, they were asking me if I knew God or knew anything about God or had ever prayed. And I was like, you know, there was this one time (laughs) I was on a rock and they're like, yes, that is God. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that fits, that fits with what I've felt and experienced. And since then, similar spiritual experiences I have, have felt very similar to that when I felt the, the spirit and things like that. Yeah. So is that, do you feel like that's a draw for you in nature? Just the feelings you get. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's very, um, yeah, I guess I could just get emotional, like thinking about it. I don't know why. Because um, that deep connection. And yes. It's, that's why. And you still feel yeah. it. Yeah. I was talking to my husband a little bit about it and he's like, it's kind of like this dichotomy. Like, um, you know, you realize that like, man, like humans were like nothing, like our own insignificance and how small we are in this amazing, huge creation of the earth, you know, and you kind of get a glimpse of that when you're on top of a mountain, you know, or studying microbiology and like, looking at like how these teeny little organelles like perform these functions. It's just such a beautiful design, but, but then also realizing like, but God loves each one of us, you know, and feeling so significant and insignificant at the same time. And yeah, I think you can just be a little more in tune with that, right? When you're in nature. And and, um, I think you can find those times, like, you know, just walking around your neighborhood or just step outside at night and breathe in the cool air and look at the stars. Uh Yeah, I was kind of, I kind of lament sometimes, like, how I feel like I don't make enough time for being with God in nature, you know, for going on hikes or for going on uh, trips or prioritizing those things or making sure my children have those experiences and they just kind of get caught up in the grind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was kind of lamenting that thinking about thinking about it, but seems like you do a pretty good job. I okay. Sierra has this post and you're always doing, seems like you're doing a lot of fun things outside. And even yeah. if just going to the park or whatever it is, you know, just, yeah, it is yeah. incredible. Just like what you were saying of how vast everything is that God has created, but also even down to the minute, you know, just things we can't even see <laughs> just the organisms and things. It's just, it is amazing. It's hard to comprehend sometimes, but that's why I think our feelings, this, our spirit speaking with the spirit of God, you know, it makes that connection. And yeah, there's that connection there. Yeah. Cause it can understand it better than our brain scan. Yeah. Right? And just like you said, it helps us have that one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. And even though there's so many other things out there, it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. What you said kind of reminded me about my mom. She, I think she helped instill my love of nature too, because she, um, she had founded a small private school that she ran and I attended when I was younger in Texas. And uh, part of the curriculum was learning about, you know, the world around you. Like she would think it was annoying how 
so many elementary school kids would know so much about elephants and giraffes, but didn't know what, you know, an armadillo was or something like that, <laughs> something that's just right in their backyard. Um, Texas uh, speed bump, right? <laughs> just roadkill. It's all there. So we do these nature walks. We, you know, and we'd identify the, the trees and the bugs and the critters and catch crayfish and um, learn the difference between a dragonfly and a damselfly or, you know, um, nature walks. And so uh, I, I, that just kind of became a part of me. Like I've been interested in like, Oh, I wonder what kind of tree that is. The first time I went to San Diego, that's where my husband grew up. We visited there. I'd never been to the West coast. And I was just like, driving from the airport to the house, I was like, what kind of trees are these? <laughs> on another planet. <laughs> my, his uh, stepmom was like, thought I was peculiar because I kept asking <laughs> about the trees, like eucalyptus trees. I'm just like, wow, these are amazing. Or like at Balboa Park, if you've ever been there, some of those trees are just like crazy. They could be part of Middle Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have any tips for the listeners of how they can get outside and enjoy nature? Um, I was kind of thinking about that and I was like, well, I need some tips for myself too. Um, <laughs> but I think just, um, yeah, taking those, um, those small, simple moments where, um, you know, trying to get outside every day, if you can, you yeah. know, for just 30 minutes, it really stood out to me. I read a cute book called be happy. And it was, you know, this, um, author got his doctorate on studying happiness and what makes people happy. And there were oh. quite a, quite a few things on there that are really very doable, but one of them was happy people are outside for 30 minutes, you know, and no, it doesn't just count walking from your car to work, you know, but just right. like take a walk around the block or just, you know, pick up sticks in your yard or do something like that. And I feel like yeah, it really makes a difference and yeah. just being outside and connecting there and finding those times or just going outside at night and looking at the stars. Um, I had an opportunity to take an astronomy class in college and that was just phenomenal to just kind of understand about and the world spins and, you know, the tilt of the earth and how that affects things in the night sky and how it moves and how you can, you know, with the seasons. And then when I got to go to Bolivia, um, that was kind of my uh, final trip as when I was working at that camp. Um, when I was 20, I got to go climb up a 20,000 foot peak. And then we hiked down all the way down into the jungle too. So we kind of got to experience all in between, we got to go see Lake Titicaca, but ar around Lake Titicaca there, you hike up into the hills and there are some of the oldest um, calendars, like even older than the ancient Mayan calendars and, oh. you know, predicting the solstice and things like that. And there are these holes that they drilled through these rocks to shine at just the right spot to make these shadows <laughs> to predict, you know, the seasons and calendars. Yeah. It was just fascinating there. Yeah. Just like everywhere. Yeah. But so, you know, you can, even though you can't go to Bolivia every day, right. <laughs> you know, you can go and look at the stars and take a good breath of fresh air. Daily. Yeah. Yeah. 
So with your um, internship in that camp, you went all over. I thought you just met you went around different places for Colorado and different things, but you went international. That's awesome. Yeah. I, Bolivia was my only international trip, but they also had trips up to um, Alaska and Switzerland okay. and Mexico. Um, but yeah, I spent most of the time in Colorado and Wyoming, a little bit in New Mexico. Okay. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. I'm really happy because there's this um, amazing camp that Sage has gotten to go to um, and have some really great experiences. Like the first year he went in and found out he had to disconnect from his cell phone for a week. He was about ready to just jump out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's such an important part about it too, is like disconnecting, you know, yes. spending a little bit of time alone, you know, just at girls camp last year, their theme was spending time being alone with God and nature to hear his voice, you know, and that's just really powerful. But he came back and he was like, yeah, actually, I didn't care about not having my phone at all. And it was the most amazing experience I've ever had. So that's awesome. <laughs> And like you were saying earlier, you know, take those 30 minutes to go outside and it's not just walking the car, but I think included in that is, and not being on your phone, disconnect from electronics and things and go out yes. and enjoy nature. Like you said, pick up sticks or whatever it is, but take a walk. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 I really, um, I don't really like running. It hurts, but I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I like People the, say you're supposed to, is that? because i i i eventually like it like afterwards you know feel better and um i like running races with some friends and my family or doing triathlons sometimes but like wow because you're doing major running it's just not (laughs) it's it's too much too long but (laughs) starting to train for half marathon i've always kind of been more of like a sprinter personality like do it quick and then like catch a breather, you know, soccer, things like that. But doing long distance, it's such a mental discipline for me. Yeah. And so I tend to like to be tuned into my headphones to things that will totally distract me from what I'm actually doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the other night, um, I knew I needed to get a run in. All this has changed, by the way. I'm really just cleaning my house these days because of moving. But <laughs> when I was trying to run. Um, I knew I needed to get a run in, but it was nighttime and it was pretty chilly. It was like 37 degrees or something like that. But I went ahead and went out and ran in the night for six miles, like a really long run. And, but it ended up being just such an amazing experience, just running at night and feeling the wind and the air and like owls. And yeah, it was just, yeah, it was good. I, I think one of the lessons I've learned from, my time in nature, time with God is that the tired ends. Like you could yeah. be pushing yourself through something hard or doing something hard and just getting really tired, but that feeling that ends and you get rejuvenated again. And so just keeping that in mind and yeah, just pushing on and know, knowing that the tired will end and that you'll, you'll see the beauty and yeah, be rejuvenated again. Yeah. And consistency. I think consistency plays a role in a lot of things in our life. Just like the daily go out in nature or consistently run, you know, you'll get get more in tune with 
your body and how you're supposed to, the energy will come. Yeah. I think that's something I've really had to learn because um, I do feel like a pretty adventurous or spontaneous person. Like I really rebelled against calendars and, you know, setting up a meal plan or, or things like that because I was uh-huh. like, oh that's trapping me in <laughs> I need like freedom I need to just but like I think you can have consistency and still have like freedom yeah because the benefits of like you know planning preparing or organizing or like making sure you do something every day is it really it kind of frees you in a way you make a commitment and then you don't have to re decide it. It's you're doing that. And so that's already taken care of. You know, you're doing that and you don't have to waste your decision on that again. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, definitely. And then also it like frees up the rest of the day, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm, I did this good thing and I feel that sense of accomplishment or I did what I wanted to do or, and I feel better for it and knew I would. And so rest of the day, you know, sky's the limit, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Got on those adventures now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily, so much for joining me on the podcast and yeah, it's been great catching up with you. Do you have any, any last things you wanted to share? I think, you know, we can really love and respect and revere nature. We can really appreciate its beauty, but I think there's also part of it you really need to respect because it, it can be no joke sometimes yeah. like, you know, to be prepared, like don't be on a mountain in a thunderstorm, you know, yeah. no joke or um, water safety or uh, being able to identify poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> That was something it took me a while to learn, but I've just became highly allergic to it now. Like, you know, the right seasons and how to like avoid those plants and (laughs) wash it off really well with certain things. And yeah, that's a good tip to be aware, be prepared. Yes. Know what you're getting into. Be prepared and don't litter. Bluebells learned that. I'm happy my my five-year-old knows not to litter. That's good. Picks up litter. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, Shelly here again. Thank you for listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. Please rate and review to help this podcast reach others so that they can be inspired to go outside and connect with God. Make it a great day and go out and play.